0: CHAPTER TWENTY-THREE OF THE HEMLOCK AVENUE MYSTERY BY ROMAN DOUBLEDAY THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN CHAPTER TWENTY-THREE WHEN LYON LEFT THE WOLCOTTS, HE HURRIED FOR THE CAR TO REACH HOWELL'S OFFICE AS QUICKLY AS POSSIBLE. AS HE WENT DOWN HEMLOCK AVENUE, HE SAW A GROUP OF MISS Elliot's GIRLS TAKING THEIR DAILY CONSTITUTIONAL UNDER THE SUPERVISION OF MISS ROSE in orderly ranks two by two they crossed the street sedately and up on the other side and lyon scrutinized them eagerly to discover if kitty was among them there she was near the center of the procession her tall slight figure swinging in the time of the march but somehow so much more individual and graceful than any of the others he was so absorbed in watching her as the file came nearer that he did not notice at all the sound of a runaway behind him until a light delivery wagon with one wheel gone dashed frantically by in the direction of the girls the horse wild with terror at the ungainly thing which bumped at his heels swung in toward the sidewalk and in a moment the girls had broken ranks and were flying in swift disorder in all directions lyon had instinctively broken into a run as soon as he saw the situation but if he had any intention of catching the horse and cutting an heroic figure in the eyes of kitty the thought was utterly and absolutely forgotten the next instant instead he suddenly stood stock-still in the middle of the street staring at one of the girls who had cut diagonally across the road with the long easy running gait that he had seen once and only once before it was the girl who had fled from the scene of fullerton's murder and so had swept for an instant across the field of lyon's vision and it was not the frail and delicate invalid mrs broughton nor yet the slow and stately miss wolcott this was a young athlete who ran with a grace a sureness that made the sight a joy and unforgettable it was not until she had turned again and was clinging to his arm for protection that he fully realized what it meant that he should have identified the running girl whom he had so long been searching for with kitty tainter oh cousin percy wasn't it perfectly beautiful that the horse should run away right here and give you a chance to rescue me like this? I have always wanted to be rescued to see what it would feel like. The girls in the novels almost always faint, but I never faint, so I knew I would always be able to remember afterwards just how it felt. I was so glad when I saw that you were the only man in sight on the street. Kitty, when we were talking about Mr. Fullerton, why didn't you tell me that you knew about it? what i knew about what about the accident i don't know what you are talking about she looked so plainly bewildered that his heart sank could it be after all that she really knew nothing she must know he took up the filmy clue carefully kitty one evening not long ago it was on the monday before thanksgiving I was on Hemlock Avenue, opposite Miss Wolcott's, and I saw a girl run across the street and in at the Wolcott side yard. She ran just as you ran a minute ago when that horse startled you. Wasn't that girl you?" Oh, yes. I didn't know what you were talking about. Did you really see me then? How curious! Then that was the first time. It was a little before ten. She nodded, her eyes dancing with suppressed mischief, though she drew her lips down like a fair penitent. Where had you been, Kitty? To the skating rink on Elm Street. Alone? She nodded again and glanced back at Miss Rose, who was gathering her scattered flock together at a safe distance beyond hearing. It was this way she said hurriedly everybody else had gone home for the vacation on saturday and miss Elliot had made me stay till tuesday to make up some history i was just wild about it missing three whole days i got thinking what i could do to get even it would be a secret satisfaction even if she never knew it so monday night i climbed down from my room by way of the window and got out by the secret passage I told you there was, and went to the rink and had a splendid time. I knew Miss Elliot had a friend visiting her, and so she would not be likely to think of me or anything like that. And she didn't. She never knew I wasn't learning the names of the Roman emperors, horrid old things, all the time. But Kitty, is that all? Goodness! Miss Elliot would think it was enough. But what made you run so? You ran as though you were frightened. She gave him a startled look and half turned away. She did not answer. What frightened you? Had you seen anything, a row, or a fight of any sort? She shook her head. I was frightened, she said. But it isn't worth talking about besides it isn't pleasant i don't want to talk about it but i have a very special reason for asking kitty it isn't just curiosity well a horrid man frightened me i suppose he was drunk but if miss elliot knew about that how did he frighten you he jumped out at me it's a kind of dark space on sherman street and I was scurrying along, and I didn't see him at all until I was right up to him, and then as I hurried by, he suddenly jumped out and caught my arm. Did you scream? I shrieked and struck at him. With what? Why, I just struck out. But I had my skates in my hand, and I guess I hit him, because he let go of my arm. Then I ran as hard as I could. The physician's testimony at the inquest flashed across Lyon's mind a heavy instrument with a cutting edge. Kitty's skate and not Lawrence's cane. The relief was so great that he almost forgot the necessity of establishing all the links. But Miss Rose was approaching, and he knew he must lose no time. How was he dressed, Kitty? "'Goodness, I didn't stop to see. "'But in dark clothes or light, did he wear a hat?' "'He had a long, loose gray coat and a hat pulled away down over his eyes, "'and a silk muffler around his throat was pulled up over his chin. "'That came off in my hand when I pushed him away. "'I didn't know I had it until I had run half a block. "'Then I threw it in the street.' lyon nodded i found it now kitty i want you to come and show me the exact spot on sherman street where this happened her face was already flushed and her breath coming fast with her recital but she now looked annoyed at his persistence i can't miss rose is waiting for me now and besides She hesitated to impugn his chivalry by so unworthy a suggestion, but needs must. "'You aren't going to tell!' Kitty, haven't you any idea who that man was?' She looked shocked at the question. "'Of course not!' Then the seriousness of his tone struck her as she began to tremble. "'What do you mean?' "'It was Mr. Fullerton.' I am sure it must have been. But you must come and show me the spot. You know that Mr. Lawrence is in jail under suspicion of having killed him." Yes. Then suddenly she understood. She went very white and her eyes grew large with horror. He feared she would faint, but Kitty was not of the fainting sort. Instead, she began talking volubly, in intense, nervous excitement. "'I don't care. He hadn't any business to jump out of the shadows in that way. He just did it to frighten me, and it made my heart beat so terribly that I didn't know what I was doing. I just struck at him, and I didn't think about the skates. And if Miss Elliot hears about it, she will simply be hysterical.' I'll have to tell her how I got out, and that will be breaking my initiation oath, and there will be simply nothing terrible enough for her to say. And—she stopped suddenly, as a new horror struck her, and gasped—will they put me in jail? I think probably not, but we'll have to see Mr. Howell, the lawyer, and let him arrange in regard to all that. His hesitancy was more terrible than anything she had expected. It struck her dumb. You never suspected, when you saw the report in the paper the next day, that the man found dead on Sherman Street was the man you had met? I never saw the papers, said Kitty. Miss Elliot doesn't allow them to come into the school. And besides, I went away early Tuesday morning, you know, and didn't come back till Saturday i never heard a thing about it i see and when you came back and became acquainted with mrs broughton and she spoke of lawrence and fullerton you would naturally never connect that with what happened to you especially as you did not know that the man was dead i see now first of all i want you to come around and show me the place so as to make sure there is no mistake and then we'll take the car downtown and see Mr. Howell. I'll explain to Miss Rose. Would you like to have her come with you?' She shook her head. "'Or any of the girls?' "'No, they are sillies. I don't want to tell any of them. I'd rather have nobody there but just you. You will take all the responsibility, won't you?' "'Yes.' said Lyon, with an emphasis that she did not altogether understand until somewhat later in the story. "'I am going to take the whole responsibility of you from this time on, and you must always tell me when you do anything like killing people, you know. Someone will always have to explain such things, and I am just as good at explaining as anyone. Promise you will let me look out for you always.' She looked at him doubtfully. "'But if I have to go right to jail?' "'Perhaps that can be avoided. But you must come down with me to Mr. Howell's office and tell him the whole story. That is the first thing. I think he will be able to fix it up so that you won't have to go to jail, even for a minute. Wait here for me while I run back to explain to Miss Rose.' poor miss rose was the most bewildered woman in town when lyon hastily told her that it would be necessary for him to take miss tainter downtown for an interview with his lawyer and that there was not time for her to go back to the school to secure miss Elliot's permission but it would be entirely contrary to the rules to allow one of our pupils to go downtown alone with a man she protested feebly that's too bad said Lyon sympathetically. You just tell Miss Elliot that I was in too much of a hurry to see her and explain, but I will come around and tell her about it afterwards." He hurried back to where poor Kitty, looking much more like a frightened schoolgirl than a deep-eyed criminal, awaited him on the corner. "'Now, come on,' he said. We must have this over as soon as possible and then i'll take you to Sweetzer's, and you are to pick out the biggest box of chocolates he can fill while we have time to wait we'll go down sherman street first oh kitty kitty what a dance you have been leading me for the last two weeks i have been suspecting everybody but you now show me where the man stood there she said pointing to the exact spot where fullerton's body had been found "'That, I think, settles everything,' said Lyon cheerfully. "'You see, the law is particular, so I had to know exactly. It will be worth a month's salary to see old Howell's face when he hears your story.' He thought he had really placed the estimate too low when he sat watching that amazed gentleman listening to Kitty a few minutes later. That witch whose terrors of the rigors of the law had been somewhat softened by percy's manner of receiving her story rose to the dramatic occasion and told her tale with a vividness and color that held howell absorbed from the beginning he let her tell the whole without interruption and when it was over he turned to lyon drawing him aside so that kitty should not hear perhaps you don't remember but for several weeks before the murder, there were stories of a man who lurked about that district, frightening women and deluding the police. There have been no such reports since Fullerton was killed. That explains the turned overcoat worn inside out for a disguise and the black silk muffler you found in the street a quick change and the respectable black-coated fullerton had replaced the skulking vagrant in gray that the police might be inquiring for i am not a pious man but it strikes me as more than accident that the hand of an innocent girl should be the instrument under providence to send him to his account however that is speculation thank heaven i have some facts to deal with at last "'And I've found the explanation of the cane business,' said Lyon. "'You can add that to your small but choice assortment of facts,' and he related his encounter with Mr. Wolcott and the significant facts that had been evolved from that gentle old peacemaker of canine quarrels. Howell rubbed his glasses and put them on to look at Lyon and then took them off to rub them again. "'Well,' he remarked well well it seemed inadequate but it was the best he could do with kitty present then he called in a stenographer and asked kitty a number of questions slowly and the stenographer wrote them down and also to kitty's dismay wrote her answers this process seemed to her so uncanny that she could not keep her eyes from the point of the rapid pencil and even when mr howell bade her look at him and not at the stenographer she could hardly keep herself from turning nervously to see if that thing was still going then she had to wait until it was all written out on the typewriter and then mr howell read it all over to her and asked her to sign it it was all very exciting and interesting and kitty made good use of it as material for tales afterwards but when it was over and the box of chocolates had been duly selected and sampled kitty suddenly felt that she had been living up to the character of a reasonable being long enough and when lyon suggested that he would go back with her to the school and tell miss elliot what they had been doing kitty calmly announced that she was never going back there never but kitty you will have to that is your home while you are at school "'I shall never go back there.' "'But why not?' "'Do you suppose I could ever tell Miss Elliot that I had killed somebody? "'Why, I'd rather go to jail. Honest.' "'Where else can you go?' "'I don't know. But I won't go there. "'I won't ever go where Miss Elliot can say anything to me "'until I am as old as she is. "'Or till I am married, maybe.' "'But you will have to go somewhere for a day or two, you know. "'You needn't be afraid. "'Miss Elliot won't say anything when she understands.' "'No, she won't, because I won't give her the chance. "'I won't be there for her to say anything to.' "'Kitty, dear—' "'It doesn't make any difference what you say. "'I won't go.' "'Do you know anyone in Wainscot?' "'No.' But I can go to a hotel. No, you can't. That's nonsense. Now you are not being polite," and her lip trembled in a way that warned Lyon she was near the verge of tears. He looked distractedly up and down the street, for they had been waiting on the corner for the car when this deadlock developed, and then he had an inspiration. "'Will you let me take you to Miss Wolcott's?' She looked at him suspiciously. You needn't think that if you get me so near the school as that I will change my mind and go in, because I won't. Oh, Kitty, I'm not trying to play any tricks on you. I'd know better than to try. But you must go somewhere, and if you won't go back to Miss Elliot's, I don't know of a better place for you to go than to Miss Wolcott's. She will be glad to see you and to help you, because she is engaged to arthur lawrence and your your statement to mr howell will set him free you see so she will feel under obligations to you on that account you must have a woman friend to stay with kitty it wouldn't be nice for you to go off anywhere by yourself you needn't tell me that said kitty with quick offence i guess i know what is proper "'All right. I'll go to Miss Wolcott's if I have to. "'But she needn't think she can lecture me. "'Mrs. Broughton is staying with Miss Wolcott. "'I forgot to tell you. "'You like her, you know.' "'Like her?' exclaimed Kitty with a swift clearing of her darkened brow. "'Why, I'd go to her if she was on the tip-top of the North Pole. "'She's the only one in all the world I do like.' She stole a glance at him from the corner of her eye as she made this sweeping statement. Lyon made no answer. The subject was too large to discuss. End of chapter 23